0: Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time.
1: This week on The Kindness Project, we talk about cheese puns, gorillas in the mist and part two of our interview with Mark and Ruth Chitty from Uma
0: Welcome listeners to The Kindness Project. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Dames. Joining me today is Charlotte Dames. How are you, Charlotte?
1: She forgot to use the funny intro. That's the funniest part.
0: I'm, I'm trying to do. A professional introduction to the kindness project. Since
1: when has this ever been professional?
0: Uh since this week. I'm I'm bored of our shambolic nonsense and Shame <laughs> I'm
1: not
0: <laughs> Oh god. Right, there's somebody listening to the podcast who's going, Oh look, they're speaking really quietly this week. I'm gonna turn it down a bit or turn it up a bit, and then suddenly you just go, Shame I'm not um, <laughs> Welcome listeners. I, look, I did, look, I did try, okay? I did try to make it a little more professional, but obviously Charlotte doesn't want to do that. So so um why? Um yeah, true. So um I am
1: up with your criticism.
0: I am oh flight the Concord reference, high five. Um I am joined by a girl who's favourite word is shame. It's Charlotte Dames.
1: Um <laughs> And
0: I am joined by the father of the dad jokes, <laughs> Chris Daynes. Oh, got I love dad I my the best dad, dad joke is obviously the pun, isn't it? Oh, the pun is the best dad joke ever. What's your favourite pun? Cheese puns. There's just
1: unlimited cheese <laughs> cheese puns.
0: In the cheese puns. Very specific <laughs> cheese buns. Um, uh, I I like cheese puns, but I used to did, I used to not like them. I didn't give any damn. Like are we not having that? a lot better than
1: they do now.
0: <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, I think cheese puns are brilliant. No? Are we having that? No, we're not. OK, that's fine. Um, so, so. Uh, you. why do you like the word shame? <laughs> why, where funny. did that come from? It's
1: funny. Because we've having this conversation about... Um, era, era, inappropriate responses to someone telling you they loved you and the first thing that came into my mind was shame.
0: <laughs> and what other inappropriate responses um, did you have to somebody telling you that they loved you? Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't, right? Okay. Um, so does your mum.
1: So that was your one. <laughs> uh, cause, because we, were, we kept playing this game while we were on holiday and actually annoyed mum a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I just... And I was like, right, I'm gonna get dad to do one. I'm like, oh, I love you,
0: and he just goes. So does your mum. But that's true. That is true. You love me, and mum loves me. So that's that's all good. And I love you both too. I, I've got. We were talking about this the other day. I think one of the kindest thing you, things you could ever do is just spend the time every day making a conscious effort to tell the people who are closest to you shame i mean no no, no how much uh, you uh, care uh, about how them. much you're embarrassed of them no, how much how much you love them just the sit those three simple words i love you i think just uh, and i know it's really weird because i know that like you roll your eyes sometimes and uh, you turn around and go and Sophie goes Dad I know I know I know you keep on telling me and there's a reason I keep on telling you I don't want you to ever forget that I love you so I might I might I might change your habit to once a day to once every 15 minutes I might just kick the door down in your classroom <laughs> and go Charlotte love
1: you just send me a text <laughs> like
0: it off. send me a text I
1: will feel the vibration and know what you were saying
0: you don't take your phone to school do you? yeah what, into classes?
1: Yeah, it just stays in my pocket on silent.
0: Are you allowed to do that? Yeah. Since can't... when? As long
1: as you don't take it out of your pocket and use it in class, you're allowed to have
0: it. Are you really? I thought you had to sort of put in some sort of black hole when you went into school and... And you just
1: kind of put it out, just yeah. stay... like... I have, I have this magical black hole thing I can just put my bag in and yeah. don't have to carry it. I can just kind of reach it.
0: You're being very expressive this week for a podcast. It's like so looking at a musical. Oh, <laughs> um, a musical. Yeah, the kindest project, the musical. Um, oh, that would be a lot. So, so, would we like to do the jingle for? <coughs>
1: Question of the podcast.
0: So this question of the podcast is, what's your favourite animal-related story? Now, considering my experience with swans recently, I thought that might be an interesting one. So what we'd like to hear, listeners, is experiences where you've um, got into an altercation with an animal, if you've sort of annoyed an animal, if you've had a... Animals save you and do something really good. Any kindness-related uh, animal story is good. But also, any funny-related animal story would be really useful. So, hit us with your animal-related stories. Hit us with your best shot. Hit, hit us with your best shot of goose. I don't know, whatever Whatever. What extra points for unusual animals. If anybody comes out with a koala-related animal story, they, uh, they get... Bonus points. I chased a
1: peacock around
0: the zoo the other day. <laughs> the other day? You make it sound like you do it all the time. I, you know what happened the other day? Chased a peacock around the zoo. How did that happen? Uh, the,
1: I think they were just wandering around the zoo when we were in Italy and it and its babies were kind of walking around and I just kind of walked around behind them. <laughs> so started it, taking pictures of them.
0: So you didn't really chase it then, you joined its family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm now I'm a peacock. Charlotte, <laughs> we're going now. I am now a part of the peacock family. I will not be coming home to England. I'm going to stay in Italy and be a peacock. <laughs> they
1: will not be in a cage eventually, but I do not care. I get to be with my new family. <laughs> uh, so what, what? on
0: that note, and this isn't a question of the podcast, but if you'd like to ask, ask answer it, listeners, you can. If you could join a family of animals and live with them for a little while, what animal would you pick? Beavers? Beavers? <laughs> Why beavers?
1: They live in a stream. I could just swim about and pack that down with those twigs. Yeah,
0: but they work hard. No, my
1: teeth are going (laughs) to (laughs)
0: kill. I'd pick monkeys. You've got to go for monkeys. I'd be like the Diane Fossey of London Zoo. What? Have you never seen Gorillas in the Mist? No. Oh, Charlotte, you've got to give it a watch.
1: Is it like Rise of the Planet
0: of the Eight? No, it's not like Rise of the <laughs> Planet of the Eight. It's a story... <laughs> Is it like Rise of the Planet of the Apes? It's a story of a lady who um, did loads of... Called Diane Fossey, who did loads of conservation work with uh, gorillas in the mist. And there were poachers... Uh, Watch a watch a movie. It's an awesome, awesome film. Uh, and on the on the note of you comparing Gorillas in the Mist to Planet of the Apes, I'd suggest we move on. <laughs> so should we have a little bit of kindness of news?
1: Yes. Okay. Let me, let me do the intro. No, no nonsense this time.
0: No nonsense. No nonsense. Okay. You might. Let's break the habit of a podcast. You, you might get a little
1: bit of.
0: Kindness
1: of news. <laughs> coffee edition.
0: Coffee edition. Oh, I am loving. I am loving coffee edition already. Would you like to start with your first story?
1: Yes. The note this woman received from a stranger is a reminder of the power of small acts of kindness. Queuing up at a coffee shop, exhausted and unable to function before your morning coffee, it can't be. It can be easy to forget to leave a little extra room for kindness. But Mackenzie Muller warmed a woman's heart and received an unexpected thank you when she took a moment to. Think beyond her own need for caffeine. The Ohio student simply paid for the stranger behind... Yep. Uh, ...behind Love her that. coffee at the Starbucks drive-thru, not knowing how big a difference her small acts of kindness would make. Yesterday, I bought coffee for a lady behind me at Starbucks. Later in the day, I found this in my mailbox. Small acts can make a, a big difference, folks. Spread some kindness. Later that day, she received a grateful, kind-hearted note in the mail explaining how much the coffee meant to the woman. The moving story got, uh, got everyone emotional. So sweet, so thoughtful. Isn't it amazing how the slightest act of kindness can make a huge difference in someone's day? Maybe let's all do that tomorrow. Not for a thank you note, but also, but also so sweet, because we should. That, thanks for the example. Uh, that was blonde Karen. Right.
0: Okay. Thanks for sharing. So, what did the note say? It
1: doesn't say. Alright. Oh, okay. Um, thanks for sharing this wonderful story. With me. Mackenzie, you're a great example of how we should treat one another. We need more good stories like this. You made my day. Thank you. Um, even Nicola Clawson, the woman who sent the letter, got in touch. Thank you for the co- f- you for the coffee, finding me since we're neighbours. Thank you for writing you a card offering to babysit on top of everything else to help me out. You tru- truly are the sweetest and most wonderful person who deserves. Ah. Uh. Mauler, who is studying flight technology at Kent State University, told.
0: Tell us why she bought the coffee for a stranger. Say else. Okay, so uh, that tiny, tiny, tiny act of kindness, just buying somebody else's coffee, is uh, a lovely thing to do. I really, really like it. Um, I-, I wonder what coffee it was. Well, I wonder what coffee it was. Was it an Americano? Was it a cappuccino? No. no, no, don't know, don't know. Um, what's Hi. your next caffeine-related act of kindness.
1: Teenagers' act of kindness for women in Starbucks.
0: Teenagers? Yeah. She's throwing me
1: off now. Mm. Thanks a lot. Uh. Teenagers' act of kindness for women in Starbucks goes viral. Last week, a 19-year-old student from Ohio, Ohio carried out an act of kindness by buying a coffee for a stranger in Starbucks. While well, this may have seemed like a very small deed for, for the teenager... Oh, no, it's the same one.
0: It's, you're giving me the same story. Someone, there has been possible. Ah, oh, right, OK. So uh, it was a teenager who did it, was it?
1: Yeah, but it's been rewritten completely differently in with different quotes. Ah. So uh, read out the different quotes, so I didn't notice at first, because I didn't read the name. OK. OK. Thank you for the coffee, I rarely go... This, this is what the note says. Thank you for the coffee, I rarely go to Starbucks and treat myself, but the last couple of months have been a bit, a bit of a struggle. The woman, Nicole Clausen explained that her father had recently passed away and oh, no. that he'd usually look after her children while she went to work. I decided to buy my kids breakfast and get myself a coffee with, to- with total guilt because I am going to be a stay-at-home mum for a while. Right. Clawson broke down in tears after discovering that Moira had paid for her, paid for her coffee. She later happened to find out where Moira lived as she spotted her pulling into a ho- home a few houses away from her own.
0: So she she was she was literally like a t- two doors kind out of or whatever. Yeah, yeah.
1: I felt it necessary for you to know that what you did
0: for me was more than just a coffee. Love it, love it. But just, it's not the coffee, it's the thought of uh, consideration. (laughs) It's a thought of coffee. It's a thought of being considerate enough to go, you know what, I'm going to do something really nice for you. So yeah, that sounds really good. Coffee-related kindness news.
1: Yes.
0: So this week, Charlotte, we're going to have the second part of the interview with Mark and Ruth, who run a charity called Human Andy, We spoke to them last week and asked them loads of questions about the charity. Um, They effectively educate... The charity effectively runs a school. It does really good work with uh, vulnerable kids and orphan kids uh, in Zambia. The school is called the Green Park Trust School, and we're going to find out a lot more about it during the second part of this interview. um, As well as asking Mark and Ruth their answers to our world famous, maybe not world famous, not. Uh, but famous questions of the podcast. Shall we listen?
2: Yeah. Exactly. So those parents very specifically choose Green Park out of a sort of uh, social um, conscience. If yeah, you like. yeah, yeah. So those, so those children will, will always come to the school and um, and of course that's why it's also really important for, for for green pot and us to um make the school appealing so that we can attract fee-paying schools so it's got to have really good teachers yeah it's gotta have good facilities yeah so that so those are those children and they will come whatever as far as so felix has he has his one principle is that he will not turn a child away from school okay so there are many things that are brilliant about that and there are many things that are tricky about that Because yep. obviously that means that you always have more children than you have money for Yeah. Uh, but Felix is very uh, very strict about that Okay. Uh, as for the children that, that go, so there's a sort of sliding scale There are parents that pay full, full mm. fees yep. Then there are parents that pay full fees but always late because they don't have the money, or yep. they take time to get the money, then there are parents who pay half or pay some when they can. So one of the things that once very struck me was we were with Felix and he was talking about a woman, a mother. She had five children, I think. She didn't have uh, husband was dead. Okay. And every day she walked out of Matero into the sort of well, I suppose you'd call it countryside, scrubland, scrubland. scrubland. and mm. she harvested uh, sweet potatoes. Okay on a little plot of land that she had there. So she'd bring them back and then she would sell the sweet potato and then the family would eat the tops of the potato. And I was saying, well, that sounds like a pretty bad scenario. Surely she, her kids could go on the list. And Felix was like, no, because she does have access to making money. Yeah. So he's also quite strict about who gets on the sponsorship scheme.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Um,
2: so they, they have that you know, they there are some the children who get on the scheme tend to be in a, a very, very um, difficult
0: situation. Yes, yeah, interesting.
3: Gertrude has, has been trained as a social worker, yes. so, um, yes. so, so the school has three directors, Felix and Lister, who are a husband and wife, and then Gertrude is an old friend of theirs. Yeah. Gertrude is a, is a trained social worker, and they're all, um, I mean, her and Lister in particular, uh, I mean, all three of them are active in the local community, mm. and so they they simply know, you know, when if a, if a, if a parent has died recently, yeah. if they've been left alone, or if a new family's moved in with another family, and okay. they'll go out and they'll visit them, and they'll assess the need. And, and the list of kids that need sponsoring um, is is regularly updated and shuffled, and people, you know, with higher need will move higher up the list.
0: And how how long do the kids stay in the school?
2: Um, so when we first went there, they were there from sort of nursery age up until um, they took their grade nine exams. Okay. What we then did was we then when we came along, uh, we talked with. Felix and Lister and we started like a baby class because obviously if you've got an older child whose both parents are dead and they have small siblings to look after, babies, Mm. they can't come to school. Gotcha,
0: yeah, understand that. we then
2: started like a baby class. But the actual age range in the school is from babies to I think Fanwell is the oldest and he's 24.
0: Okay.
3: (laughs) Bit of an outlier, but still, he was—he really wanted to complete his education. And yeah. a lot of you, what you find that's very different from the UK is that every grade, every class mm. has a wide range of ages in it. Yeah. So there'll be some kids. You know, if you take grade five, there'll be some kids yeah. that are eight or nine in it, and there'll be some kids that are fifteen or sixteen. Because
0: they're starting old. at different ages, right?
3: That and, yeah, is. Well, gotcha. In, their education's been interrupted for two years.
0: Yeah, before. gotcha. I understand that. Um, so tell, tell tell me a story about how the school's made a really significant impact on somebody's life so um sounds like there's a few though right
2: there is is really many but this is a particularly lovely one I think so when we first were at the school so obviously we we did our initial visit we came back to England and then we took our kids out of school and went and went back so then we were there for a period of months and um During that time, right at the beginning of that time, a woman came to Felix, and I also met her there. Her name was Mrs. Kambashi, and she said that she was dying, and her husband was dead, and she asked Felix if he would promise to educate her children because she was aware that, obviously, if they didn't have any education, they would have nothing. Her youngest was uh, eight, I think, at the time, gift. And... Felix and us. I mean, for me, that was, as a mother... Yeah. That was unbelievably powerful experience to meet this woman and to put myself in her shoes and how I would feel. So, of course, we said yes. And all four of the children then went through school. Yeah. And two years ago, three years ago now, we went back to see gift because he he had just finished his last year at school (laughs) and he walked through the doors to see us and there was this young fit healthy shining young man who had as a, as a result of the school had completed his education, his sister's training as a nurse, he now went on to get sponsorship to finish the rest of his education. He, he, Their whole family as a unit are this incredible little sort of um, example of tenacity and care and yeah. all that the school was able to give them. Felix would go in the evenings to give them food. Um, and, and what is very beautiful is then what happened it was about 18 months ago, a family next door to the Kambashis, both the parents, I think one parent had already died, and then the mother died, and they left a little five-year-old called Raphael. And Gift took well, the whole the family of these four kids took Raphael in because his family was from the Congo and they had no other family.
0: Amazing. So they
2: in you know, informally adopted little Raphael yeah. and then brought him to Felix and said so yeah. Raphael needs to go to school. So Raphael is now in school. He's sponsored. So it's this sort of what happens, you know, when, you know, this, and I know this is a bit wishy-washy in some way, but this idea of of um, kindness, of love, of care, that the the influence that it has out, out there. So in Mrs. Kambashi coming and mm. asking for her children to be educated, the, the ongoing benefit...
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: It's uh, kind of really, you know, and just to see these kids, you know, who, who, I mean, we, I remember going to Gifts' little house, they had one double bed for all of them. Yeah. And blank, just, it's like a, it's like a shack, but on the wall was the school timetable.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And that's
2: what he, you know.
0: Focused on.
2: Yeah, so yeah. that's a that's a kind of a, and that's you know ongoing because now, know.
0: although all the Kambashi children have left, Raphael is in school. You know, you know what Ruth, you said something interesting there because you talked about kindness being wishy-washy and ephemeral. I actually yeah. think I actually think kindness is, you know, is infectious. You know, I yeah. I genuinely like sort of that 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 story to me to you know illustrates how important it is to give people support in times of need because that stuff spreads right you know that that it's it's, it's infectious isn't it it's infectious
2: absolutely and i think also that real sense of of when i think i i guess for gift you know because such a a gift had been given to him Mm. that he wanted to there was no question for him about taking Raphael in
0: yeah yeah, cause because it, of
2: the kindness that had been shown to him,
0: and and the impact on his life, right? He knew how, how much of a difference he could make. So, yeah. So, what's the ideal for you? Like, so, how many current sponsors have you got? How does sponsorship work? And and what are you looking for as an ideal to to continue to support the school?
3: We've got um, slightly less than ninety sponsors okay. um, at the moment. Um, uh, sponsoring children as they go through the school. Yeah. Um, um, we've got a waiting list of um, at least 80 kids in okay. the sponsorship. Um, and so the, the more sponsors that we can get, uh, the, the better. It's really very straightforward. Mm. Um, and what the sponsorship does, obviously it's, um, it's life-changing for those individual children, but it, it also every single new sponsor that we get um, just adds another brick in the wall and the solidity of Omanandi and Green Park School in Zambia, yeah, because yeah. it provides it provides income for the school. That means the school, as well as educating that child, can also get better at paying the teachers on time, yeah. you know, improve the infrastructure, be be more attractive to other fee paying children to come to the school. So there's a positive snowball effect to that.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: I mean, I, mean, I think as we look to the future, our kind of absolute dream would be to um to expand and build so we would love to build a new school that also has a health clinic that has the uh, facilities for people to bring maize to be grounded into and their daily what they eat every day very
3: importantly runs up to secondary so and, the, yeah so, goes edu- up. so the education system in zambia at the moment is, is primary up to grade nine and then secondary from grade 10 up to
2: grade 12 um which is like a levels. Yeah, yeah yeah There's, um and
3: and at the moment um we we for children that graduate out of out of green park school at grade nine we try and follow them through to getting a place um and some of our sponsors keep sponsoring them through in other schools to complete their secondary education uh it it would be so much better if we could continue that within green park school itself but to do that we need to invest in more um school buildings and so on to be able to
2: At the moment, the school always has a room available with just a mattress on the floor for any kids who are, like, in an emergency or or fleeing violence or or really in a bad situation, Um, and there's normally children in that room, Um, and we would obviously love to have a safe house for children. You know, little Phyllis, she was eight looking after, uh, I think one brother was five and one was 18 months old living alone. You yeah. know, we would love to be able to provide accommodation so that she's safe, sort of within the school. So, like, not like an orphanage, but kind of somewhere there where there's a house mother, yeah. Where you know the children can can stay. I mean, Fanny's yeah. is hugely at risk, hugely yeah. at risk in her in her situation.
0: So that's like a sort of a, a paternal, a, a maternal, and paternal support outside of the school, because it sounds like the school isn't just school it's, it's family as well isn't it really it is. yeah, yeah
2: yeah really when you go there you really see it like all the teachers their relationship with the kids mm. the, the way they interact with them you ask any teacher about any child and they'll tell you their situ- their situation yeah yeah um they're very responsive because obviously situations change enormously in that kind of it's quite a dangerous environment just in terms of um of health or when you know they're a lot of accidents take place there. So we actually yeah. lost a girl in the school because she was hanging out her washing on what she thought was disused electric power cables. Right. And then one day they weren't disused and she oh. was electrocuted as she hung her washing. Uh, so, you know, the the, the the level of accidents is very high in comparison to what we would be used to here. Gotcha. And then, of course, you have HIV, which is a really significant issue there. Yeah. Um, and then, like the school actually was, there was a huge cholera outbreak this year earlier in January this year, yeah. and um, the school was closed. So all schools in Lusaka were closed to try and uh, contain the yeah, the
0: not outbreak. spread. Yeah, yeah.
2: You know, if you've got health issues and then you get cholera, there's no sanitation. That many, you know, they share long drops. The, the level of um,
0: hygiene. Yeah. yeah yeah. It's
2: really—it's not running water, you know. There's a lot of issues. So, the, so the the school is definitely a sort of—it's like a community yeah. of, of of everything, not just education.
0: Gotcha. And and the cost's are relatively low to sponsor a child, aren't they? I mean, sort of seventeen pound a month, is it?
2: Yeah. yes
3: exactly yeah um, and um, that's it, it creeps up from time to time we, yeah. we try and when we're talking to sponsors um, there's also the option of adding in um, a food package into that that takes it up to around a 20 pounds a month yeah but yeah I mean you you know you compare that to to, to a to how we spend that kind of money in the West.
0: Yeah, great, yeah. Uh,
3: and, and the difference in value, the, yeah. the, the difference in impact that £20 a month has out there compared to, you know, another few beers on a night or yeah. you know, a few coffees, yeah. it's just huge.
0: Yeah, massive, yeah, absolutely.
2: But it's sort of trite, isn't it? You know, we hear it so much, don't we? I think we become a bit immune to it. But it actually does change someone's life. Like, it actually does. You know, it goes from a kid on their own in that community trying to make their way. Yeah. Being in school, to having an education, to having a future—yeah,
0: just giving somebody a life that they didn't expect for twenty pounds a month seems pretty good value to me, to be honest. Well, doesn't it?
2: Exactly, exactly. uh, I mean, and I
3: think the difference to them is like you know, there's there's moments in our lives when you know you kind of you've completed you know, a bunch of exams or you've gone through, or, you know, you have a big job interview and if you land a big job, you know, that's that's the thing that's going to change your life. And the, the level of excitement and the difference that makes to your horizon, yeah. that's the kind of difference that these, this money makes. To
0: yeah, kids. yeah, 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 certainly. Absol- we, we have
2: this kid called Isaac who uh, his dad had died and his, his mum looked after him and his brother and... Um, we went. I went to see her because there was this issue that because she was very poorly, that um, oh. he needed to come to school. And I happened to have some uniforms on me. And honestly, if you'd seen the face of this kid, it was like I'd given him the best, you know, the best present, present
0: ever. Yeah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. You know,
2: and, and his mum died, and so he now lives in his little shack. Yeah, and the fact that he can come to school, I mean, you. I kind of just wish i could take you because then you would just see yeah. you know what that is for that little chat yeah. you know and, and the thing is i always say you know that they're they're you know they're kids like any other kids you know they they'll snuggle into you they yeah. want hair they want you know they're quite tough yeah but they have to be but they are just kids they just want to play i mean when we installed playground equipment in the in the school i mean you should have seen the the joy it was phenomenal
0: yeah. tough but loving it sounds like you've described my six-year-old just there um uh, how often uh, you mentioned about just being inspired by going back and just not only t- sort of hearing the stories of these kids but meeting the people involved and being able to sort of share their lives to a certain extent how often do you get to go back and and, and how, how does that tend to work
3: so, so, over the 10 years we've been doing this, we've, the longest we've left it is 18 months. Okay. Um, typi- and and typically, Not once. Yeah, typically, we're there every year. Okay. Um, and, and actually, that's really essential because it keeps the relationship alive. Um, and Andy's a, a small charity. Mm. It's just, you know, we work specifically with Green Park School. We do this one thing yeah. in this one place. Um, and it's, it's very much centered around um, the relationship that exists between. Um, us in the UK yeah. and uh, the, the the directors of the school in Zambia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And and it's about the, what Umuneni does is we create a bridge between between people in the UK and these kids who who, who need help hmm. in Zambia. Um, and keeping that bridge um, alive uh, and open and transparent, it's really important to to go there um, every year.
0: Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, no. to
3: see the need. and also I mean, for Ruth and I, quite personally, uh, it's it's a phenomenal thing to do. Yeah. We, we, we oh, sometimes have a bit of heartsink, oh, like, oh no, we haven't done enough, because you know, yeah. you're always catching up. There's, the need's always bigger than you can meet it.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. You're always going
3: kind to. Of running and, and sort of thinking oh we haven't done this we haven't done that but then when you get there and particularly you know last year we saw gift and we saw that you know
2: him yeah. with Raphael,
3: and you know you see things like that and you, you really go wow
2: something's happening
0: yeah this is a huge I, impact i had a it?
2: moment actually when i saw gift which was i was standing if you stand at the gates of the school looking out yeah. what you see is a lot of children not in school you see a lot of poverty terrible poverty i mean it's eye-popping poverty yes. just just Love chaos it. really so i was standing looking out thinking oh my god look at all these kids that we're not reaching look at all the work that needs to be done you know feeling quite kind of overwhelmed,
0: overwhelmed. yeah i get that i
2: turned around and there in front of me is the whole school of 200 and whatever kids gotcha. and you know a thriving community and it's really important Sometimes to have that's what happens when we go out there. It, it's that oh look, look at all what
0: is being yeah. done, which is kind of really important. To I do, said, I d- and I, I think the interesting thing is, is it's that bite size chunks thing, isn't it? Just like yes. what else, what else can we do that? That's like tiny, but next, do you know what I mean? And like, we're not, we're not going to like, we're not going to help thousands of people tomorrow, but if we can help one and then turn it into 10 and then turn it into a hundred and then sort of go from there, that, that sort of, that, that, you know, it never starts with the big, it starts with a big pitch potentially, but it never starts with uh, helping people immediately and do you think being a smaller charity means that you're there's a there's a lot of I mean a a lot of the conversations we're having on the podcast with interviewees actually is about seeing the impact of giving um and and being in a situation where um there's certain cynicism at the minute around larger charities yeah. where potentially money doesn't get spent the way it should do do you do you think you know what are the challenges with being a smaller charity but also what are the what are the advantages do you think i think
2: um i think for us one of the things that when we started the charity we started it because of effectively one woman, Mrs. Kambashi, mm. coming and asking us about her four children, so it started very much looking at a very specific need. Yeah. And, and because it started like that, and it was just Mark and I, yeah. it 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 kind of has that at, at its heart, really. Yeah. So so that's the advantage of is is it never it can't get lost in all the big stuff.
0: Yeah, gotcha.
2: Do you see what I mean? So, and I think that's very helpful. There's very, very clear focus, and it's built on absolute relationships and friendship and love, actually. That's yeah. at its heart. So, so, it doesn't, I think, if you look at big organizations that, that are fettered by all the organizational kind of Process. processing, so we have none of that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> They're very small. Um, the, and also, the other thing is that there's a very, very direct link. So... You know, we have, um, have a group of little old, old old ladies in Plymouth who who pay £2 each, and, and there's enough of them for that to end up being £20 for gotcha. a child. So they feel this really direct link. Every time we go, I write to the sponsors, and I say, you know, I give them updates about their children. We're kept in touch with Felix. They get letters from their, the children that they sponsor.
0: yeah, yeah
2: absolutely you know people would you know when i give someone the name of a child i've probably met the child and i can say oh yes this 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 about the child what
3: you said chris about um kindness and you know wanting to see the change i think that's what the advantage of being small is is that we can provide a direct link between the money that a donor or a sponsor gives and the change in the child's life that that money is affecting Yeah, yeah The, the the gap between the giving and the and the change happening is small because we're small, whereas in in larger charities there's a lot of processes. There's, there's
0: layers, isn't there?
3: There's many more layers yeah. in between, so it becomes a bit more anonymous.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Of course, the disadvantages are that um, you know it is a very small. Team of people, it's basically Mark and I, and we have a team of great trustees. And we're now, you know, we're built so we had this group of kids that came out with us. We take we're taking more people out now, which obviously, when someone goes there and sees it, they you know, they're they're, engaged
0: and want to get involved, yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. So that's really helpful. But, um, certainly, I mean, I, I can say personally, the disadvantage of the being small is I have had innumerable nights where I wake up in the night thinking about one of the children or some of the yeah. children and just think oh my god you know the it's quite a um
0: heavy well, burden
2: bit, yeah it can be um, yeah. and the constraints on the
3: resources you know the biggest resource is that it is a problem is actually i mean money is of course we can always put more money to good to good effect yeah. but it's also time
0: yeah spell.
3: Time to communicate to organize things to make stuff happen we yeah.
2: both have work yeah. so it's not like yeah. we don't do this this is our sort yeah. of on the side Hobby. And I think for me, yeah. that's
3: the biggest frustration. Yeah. Is I've, there's always more things to do yeah. than I have time for.
0: And time's the most limited resource, isn't it? Like yeah, so, yeah. the money you that's can. That's
3: where I'd actually, i actually, I think, if we look forward over the next five years, mm-hmm. I do want to scale up what Women andy is doing um, mm-hmm. more in terms of the number of people who are actually getting stuff done in
0: the yeah. organization. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. so, so that
3: we can move faster and more things can happen. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah.
3: Our long term vision is. That I mean Andy it becomes redundant. Yes. Andy the, the UK like charity, we want Green Park School to become
0: self-sustainable.
3: Self-sustainable yeah. and economically viable in and yeah. of itself. Now that's going to require investment in its infrastructure. But the leadership is in place, the vision is in place, there, the yeah. need is there. Yeah. So it's a it's a, it's a it's just
0: a, getting the model right, isn't it? Yeah, and in a
3: yeah. Kind of, You know, social interest and, and community sort of organisation perspective, It's a it's a great business opportunity. But
0: do you, but, Mark, do you think that um, if that were to occur, uh, and like Ruth said, you'd look out, like you'd you'd turn away from the school and go, right, that's sorted now. You'd look out into the road and go, right, we need another 12 of these. <laughs> I
3: think Most it's probably. And <laughs> make myself a nice long gin and tonic first.
0: Yeah, exactly. Just the one, yeah? The is, yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, one
2: of the things that we've taken we took this group of, of young people out from england out there um we one of those particularly uh, young girl um beth she was so moved by what she saw that she she uh, has been back since on her own
0: yeah and, yeah, yeah and now
2: spo- she has a job washing pots and pans in a local cafe and she uses that money to sponsor a child there awesome and my kind of and there's another another young person, Amra, who we took out with us last year. He was absolutely, completely blown away. Life change for her. So my kind of dream, if you like, is to also create a community that we can hand Umanandi over to. Yeah. We've done this now for ten years. Um, it's uh, it's kind of a huge part of our life, and it always will be. But I think everything needs some some new freshness. And yeah,
0: new, new ideas, fresh blood, no, and also people really to take the the sort of the responsibility off. Because I'd imagine, as you say, you you sort of get those three o'clock in the morning, sort yeah. of wake up in a cold sweat, going, "How yeah. can I help more?" Oh, yeah, Absolutely. yeah, I get
2: exactly. that. So um, for me, my kind of you know a vision and dream would be you, you know and I'm not sort of putting this all on Beth and Amara's shoulders <laughs> unless they're li- listening and then I really am putting it on their shoulders but I would really love them or somebody like them to kind of go take
0: it on yeah take
2: it on because I just think I think any anything that's that's got new energy behind it and obviously we'll always be involved Felix and Lister are our kind of brother and sister so we yeah. have a huge love and friendship with them yeah. But, but yeah, uh, you I think, know I think, a, I think
3: we, we I think to, to take that forward we've got we've got experience that we would like to share with you know as, as you say this is in the new blood mm. um, so it's not a question of stepping out entirely and there's so much to do out yeah.
0: there
3: but it's yeah absolutely as you say it's about you know
0: equipping other people to carry it to carry the flame yeah Yeah, no that that sounds great so uh you've told me sort of what's what what the aspiration is and what the future plans are before i um share with our podcast listeners about how people can find out more about you and the charity um we do we do a thing on the podcast where we have a uh a question of the podcast every week um And it's non kindness related, but just because we're uh, Charlotte and I are quite curious people, we just like to ask um, our listeners and our podcast guests um, just some questions just to gauge c- 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 your thoughts. So, uh, just very quick fire, just feel free to, to, to let me know. Um, uh, what's the most inspiring movie ever? <coughs> oh, oh,
3: inspiring movie. Oh, um, the slavery one. What is it? Um,
2: Amazing Grace.
0: Amazing Grace. Oh right, I can't, I've not seen that.
2: Oh yeah, it's about it's about William Wilberforce. I mean, it, you know, it's a, it's it's how one man can can fire up a movement that can change something.
0: Oh cool, yeah, very good. What's your favourite piece of trivia? Oh, I... favourite
2: piece of
3: trivia. Right? so my mind gets completely blank. <laughs> You're not
0: alone. You're not alone.
3: of useless information, Chris. But right now,
0: yeah, we well, you, you didn't. Uh, you know what? I keep this intentionally surprising, so we get really authentic answers. That's
2: coming, I
0: didn't see that coming. No, all right, no, no, no. Feel free to feel free to to let us know. The most weirdly, the most um, uh, we we've asked a bunch of questions that are. Um, uh, 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 kindness related like most people generally good we've asked and we've asked a bunch of different questions we've got two questions that without a shadow of a doubt we've got about we've got about 120 answers on one and about 80 on the other and they are what's your favourite biscuit oh
2: Oh, well, it's going to have to be a Zambian one.
0: OK, cool, cool. I like What's
2: it. Zambian one, there's a few Zambian ones. There's one called a tennis biscuit, which is particularly good. And then what is that one, that oh, chocolate creamy one with coconut? Yeah,
0: there are.
2: there's also a biscuit called a salty crack. Which, which is... amused us immensely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It, I, I'm not even going to go down the road about what it tastes like. Just leave it there. <laughs> And then the most popular question we've ever had on the podcast is, who's your favourite Muppet?
2: Oh. Well, I'm terribly sorry. I have actually now, and this is a confessional, I have actually never seen Yeah,
3: But for me, it's clearly Kermit.
0: Ah, uh, see, see, we, see, we had people, and I, I, I didn't know whether to like sort of draw a line on this. We had people pick characters from Sesame Street as well. So, so I didn't know because it's Jim Henson. We didn't know to, uh, to uh, whether whether to include or not, and the.
2: <laughs> That's
0: what I was saying. Keep it broad, yeah. No, no, it was yeah. We we included that. My my one's obviously animal is the best. I mean, without a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> I like
3: I like He's like a bit misunderstood.
0: Yeah. No, I like that. I like that. Um, and last one. What's the best use of an egg?
2: Oh, to poach it.
0: Poach it and where? How oh, would you? How... it and
2: then paint it and
0: hang it on a tree. Very nice, Mark. What do you think? um to throw at politicians <laughs> well we we were funny enough we did have um who's your favorite muppet somebody did pick donald trump um <laughs> so so that, that that was a good choice that was a good missed that option yeah yeah, so we, we do we do our, our um our listeners are quite witty like that. Um so yeah, so thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, really you. appreciate it. I've really enjoyed it. Um and uh, I look forward to catching to catching up with you soon. Yeah, lovely. Thanks, Chris. No worries, bye. So that was the second half of the interview. Did you enjoy that?
2: Yeah. It's
1: over.
0: <laughs> it's all over now. So if you think it's over because we've got the question of the podcast. Ooh, <laughs> oh yeah! God, we really shouldn't sing. Nah. This is a this is <laughs> lesson one in how to <laughs> lose listeners from your podcast. Um, but we have got the answers from last week's question of the podcast. Would you like to do the jingle?
1: Oh. Last <laughs> week. <laughs> the end. <laughs> the end is nigh. Right. <laughs>
0: Last week's question. This week, I just stick with that. Cool. Okay. No. No. Uh, no. Sort question of. You off
1: the podcast?
0: Okay. Fair enough. Um, and it, this is the the question of the podcast last week was actually one of my favourite questions ever. I love this question, okay, and it's it? a question that I think everybody should um, think about. It's if you had complete control of your time and money was unlimited, what would you spend your time doing? And we had a bumper response on this one, so should we just dive straight in?
1: (laughs) Yes. Okay. So I didn't think you were waiting for a response.
0: um, So, uh, Dave Forsdyke said, I'd split my time between spending time with my wife, playing golf, making music, and helping my church in the local community. Do you want to do the next one? Kath Keats. Yep.
1: She said she'd definitely travel the world with her kids.
0: Um I I think I'd do that as well. I think I'd do that as well. We are going to Japan, but there's a Japan. there's a lot more on the list, isn't there? We need oh. to Yeah, where where else would we travel? I
1: think we should
0: do a European train trip. Oh yeah, the the, the E-T-T E-T-T European train trip. We've got to do that. Yes. Um and I think we want we'll to go back to America as well. Tamsin Kane said I love this question. She'd spend time with her friends and family, walking in the countryside, travelling, eating fabulous food and volunteering more than I have time to at the moment at a rugby club and in the wider community. Uh, do you want to do a Heidi as well,
1: If I can see it right. Heidi Ball. I'd probably do some volunteer work, go out at the local school. Oh, you to there. Go Go out at the local school. <laughs> go help out of the local school. It's not
0: a nightclub, Heidi. <laughs> go out no, go out raving at the local school. Go 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 help out, you mean. Yes, go oh. help out of the local school, something like that. And sunny holidays with the kids, maybe
1: even take Dan along.
0: Well it's always not like up in the air whether you take your husband along, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? I'm sure I'm sure Cassie would have something to say about that. Alan Bowley said he'd probably do some travelling to places Uh, I've always wanted to go, but could never afford onto civil service wages. Civil service wages aren't good, are they? Really? Um, He'd treat friends and family. And cheesy as it may sound, have laser eye surgery to correct my sight. Doesn't sound cheesy. cheesy. No, it's fine. Sounds uh, sounds good. Sounds sounds like quite an awesome thing to do. Uh, John Cook said,
1: Uh, "I'd give as much as possible to worthy causes."
0: Pubs are worthy causes. <laughs> <laughs> Pubs are worthy causes. Well done, John. Uh Cassie's answered. She and and we I had a conversation with Cassie, who's my wife and Charlotte's mum, uh, about coming on the podcast. But she is way too shy, apparently, to come on the podcast. She. And one of our previous she, one of our previous guests, Chris Laney, apparently um, was trying to persuade us to come on the podcast yesterday as well. Um but instead of coming on the podcast as a potential podcast host, she's, she's she just point. she just she just decided to come in. Hashtag get Cassie on the podcast.
1: Um, we should start
0: that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Cassie said would we'll definitely spend more time with my family, make financial provision for my girls, niece and nephew, so they have a less few financial struggles later on. Probably. Spend uh, support some very worthy charities with both time and funding then pre- then probably spend the rest of my time travelling because I don't do enough of that already <laughs> um, so yeah that's it and uh, uh, like daughter like mother Roberta White said I spend most of the year on holiday <laughs> um, and Jane Hodges is obviously in the most content place of all our listeners who deserve to come in because Jane just said just do what I'm doing now. I don't think I'd change much, to be honest. What would I, you change? I
1: complete control over my time. I'd spend more time with my friends. Okay. So I don't spend a lot of time with my friends
0: other than at yeah. school. If I didn't, because, like, yeah. And I would... Prom- I don't know. See, so what else are you going to do at your age, at 14? What else are you going to do apart from go to school? Go out I hang out
1: with friends?
0: Yeah. What? Volunteer uh, work. Volunteer work, yeah, yeah, yeah. Could
1: t- travel around the country.
0: <laughs> what about like Jesus?
1: A- <laughs> <laughs> I, would wa- I would I would roam,
0: roam the, the, land. the land. I would work
1: wa- And grace everyone
0: with my presence. I I would roam (laughs) the lands and turn water into wine instead of buying a a beer like everybody else.
1: That's
0: a bit much. I'll just buy myself a Fanta, mate. I'm under the age of drinking age, so I won't turn water into wine. I will turn water into Fanta. Um, Okay, cool. And that's it. Yeah. That revelation that you want to be like Jesus surprised me, <laughs> but at the yeah. end, but um, you Jesus. Uh, well, you went. I will roam the land. Oh, said Jesus. <laughs> um, so on that biblical-related <laughs> strange ending, uh, that's it for another show.
1: Yop.